Let me pull the nastiest one, like one of the nastiest ones out. Um, <laughs> hey, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna hang out? I mean, we can get together and you know, do what, do what boys and girls do. A young one with himself, the God in me honors the God in each and every one of you. Thank you for joining. Thank you, Keon, as well. What's going on, man? Uh, another beautiful morning. <laughs> oh shit! Nah, is it? <laughs> Why? Because, look, man. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No. Oh no. my God! I'm here again. I guess I'll fucking no. do this. No, 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 no. Why do people always think a sigh is such a negative thing? It's not. It's the intonation of the sigh. I said, if if, uh, if someone was like, ah, you were like, ah, so well, my yeah. shit wasn't. Maybe right. it wasn't. I don't know. They can play it back. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm putting a little bit too much sauce on it. <laughs> I might be putting a little too much my sauce shit, on it. Go ahead, tell me, enough. tell me, what's going on, man? Ah, another beautiful morning. <laughs> oh shit! Nah, is it? Tell me. <laughs> there was too much erg in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was too much gravel in the back of your throat when you did it. <sighs> All right, go ahead. Tell us how beautiful the day is. Anyways, yeah, mm-hmm. no, nah, it's it's a beautiful day, a beautiful morning. Um, I woke up and you know what I'm saying, relaxed for a little bit in bed. Got myself some tea. I uh, got myself some water. I I've been doing that a lot lately to really just get get my my get myself elevated for the pod. Get my throat cleared. No woe. Um. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, I'm 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 ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Woman's part two on the way. <laughs> Tell me you're getting your throat cleared. Oh shit. That's crazy. Tell tell me about this gelatinous tea that you drink. I've never seen anything like it before in my life. I have no idea what it is. You know, I used to work at a tea shop. I don't know what that is. Um, it is just like a honey, honey ginger type of tea, and oh, honey ginger. and it's the form that it comes in is like a, it's like a like jelly. a jello or a jelly or you know not as structured as a jello. So yeah, more like a jam or a jelly, and it's got you know pieces of lemon in it. It's got, uh, you know, I guess uh like minced ginger in it and you know a bunch of mm. other stuff that you know people put in stuff to make it good uh, i don't know the exact uh ingredients but the main the main yeah. focus is uh the ginger and the honey but yeah it comes in like this jelly jam form and you just put it in your cup and you put some hot water in there and you stir it around and it tastes awesome i would there in there's is there caffeine involved? Do you know? Uh, honestly, I don't. I just like the way it tastes. <laughs> because because uh, uh, I would like to know because all tea is made from the same plant. It's uh, I don't know exactly how to say. It. It's like Camellia sinensis, uh-huh. and it's just depending upon how you ferment that plant is how you get white tea, black tea, green tea, and herbal teas aren't really teas. They're just nuts and spices and fruits and shit like that which is why it's all caffeine free 
So I'm I'm just wondering if that if like I'm trying to figure out what the fuck you're taking out of like a jelly jar uh, and well, you know what and dissolving in the hot water. Now I'm curious, so I'm gonna check. Yeah, into yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's I'm really really interested if that if just see if that's on the back somewhere like on the nutritional facts in the ingredients like what Camellia sinensis, right? I believe is pronounced, but yeah, that's that's really interesting. So, um. In, in a matter of minutes, I've changed my mind. I'm going to tell you guys about my fishing expedition yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, go for it. All right, look. So I've been real. I've been ever since. Oh, damn. I ain't going to say that part. Oh, I ain't going to say that part. Okay. Mm. So I've been really into using this app that I use, um, that I've been using, just trying to find different fishing spots. And so... Yesterday, I happened to go to three different places to fish. However, I had no success, and I actually had a really sucky day in the beginning that really got a lot better towards the end. So I'm just I'm not gonna you know make this last forever. But hmm. so first place I went was this place called Four Mile Run in Alexandria. So I get over there and I I get to, it's like a park. I get over there to the park, um, and. I start reading the signs and it says you're only supposed to fish in designated areas. So, you know, knowing me, I want to follow the rules. I want to, you know, make sure I, you want to be safe. Yeah, I want to make sure that I'm not getting, you know, I'm not, I'm, you know, I ain't going to have the park police roll up on me and be like, Whoa, what you doing over here? <laughs> Whoa, did you see a fishing sign here? Oh, I don't think you do. He's got a gun. You no, know, basically, basically, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I don't want no mistakes, no problems. <laughs> Sir, can I please see your fishing license? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and reach over there. Yeah, if you can grab that phone. He's got a gun! <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll, I'll be the next body floating in the Potomac River. <laughs> nah, go ahead. Go ahead. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be making jokes. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> but, um, so... I'm like, okay, I don't see any signs for this designated fishing area. And the the one place that was kind of open and, and, you know, looked like somewhere you can fish was actually a place for people to pull up on their kayaks and get in the water on their kayaks. So I'm just like, well, I don't mm. want to be anybody's way. So I'm just like, all right, whatever. I go on my app. I look into this place where I'm at. Like, where are people fishing here? Because this um the upgraded version of this app allows you to know exact points where people caught certain things. So I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, okay. There's a spot on the other side of the river. Let me go over there. I go over there. The only place you can park at, they're doing construction, and you're not allowed to park there right now between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. during the week. And it's it's a Monday. So I'm just like, oh, mm. well, I can't park here. And I, you know, anywhere else is just too far away. I don't really want to do all that walking. So I'm just like, all right, whatever. I'm going to go to this spot called Fletcher's Cove in northwest D.C., um, really cool spot. Um, I, I would advise you to actually check it out. It's a really cool spot. There a lot of nature. Um, they do a lot, they do boat rentals. They're not doing them right now, I guess, cause the season is changing. Um, but they do boat rentals, paddle boats, kayaks, uh, row boats, all types of stuff. And, um, a lot of nature, man, you would really like it. I, I, I re- remember Fletcher's Cove cause you're going to want to go. No, there. I'm going, I was actually going to tell you to send it to me cause I was, I'm just thinking when you said boat rentals, I've, I don't, I've got to take a fucking boat yeah. out. Even if it's just like a paddle boat, like, I'd love to, oh, I, yeah. as soon as spring uh, comes, I'm taking a paddle yeah, boat I, out. Nigga, uh, I was just about to tell you <laughs> that is going to be the major move for next spring. I like, yeah. like, they do this, like, isn't it crazy? Just the things you discover just 
like these places that you know and i mean boat rentals isn't some unheard of thing but this place yeah. is so beautiful Earl. you really have to go check yeah. it out um but okay. it's called fletcher's cove it's in northwest i'm gonna DC. write it down right now actually <laughs> it's in northwest dc it's free to get in there i don't know how much boat rentals cost because they weren't doing them at the moment um and that's because the season i guess you know they do it seasonally but um it's an awesome place it's just like this big it's it's a, it's the Potomac River um along the CNO Canal portion of it that leads into uh, Great Falls, mm-hmm. and it's just like one side you're on one side of the water, the other side of the water is uh, George Washington Parkway. It's just like a huge cliff with a trail underneath it where people can walk on that other side. But the distance in between the water is probably about 150 to 200 feet. I mean, it's just fucking gorgeous. Like I like I just. Matter of fact, I'll send you. I took some uh some videos. I'll send you some videos. Okay. That. Um, so when you get in there, you can go to the left or you can go to the right. The left is primarily like uh, more picnicy, uh, more parkish. Not like playground parkish, but just it seems like an area where people just kind of want to sit and hang out. A lot of uh, a lot of benches, a lot of greenery, yeah, a lot of greenery, a lot of benches for people to sit on yes. and go down there and have a picnic. If you go to the right it turns into a trail that goes along the water. So I'm like, man, let me go along the right. This is a little more adventurous. So I go along the right. I sit down at one spot and I'm, you know, I I start to fish and I'm not getting any bites. So I decided to move because that's just what you got to do when you're fishing. You got to move. If if the fish ain't there, they ain't there. So I grab all my stuff. So I thought, grab all my stuff and I go to another spot along that uh, that hiking area that I was just uh, telling you about. And I go over there, still got the same worms on the hook because I didn't catch anything. Throw something else out there. Nothing's happening. So I'm just like, all right, whatever. Let me walk back to the other side where it's more of like a, it's more of a park. Because um, I know there's an area over there where I can fish that's a little beachy. So I go over there, throw my rod in there. There's another guy out there fishing, told me he just caught something. So, you know, I'm excited. I'm like, oh, he just caught something. Well, you know I'm about to get something. <laughs> oh, is that what you were thinking? <laughs> it just it just lets me know that the fish are there because there's a difference in going over and someone saying, yeah, I've been out here for three hours. I ain't caught shit. And going over there yeah, and yeah, someone yeah. saying, yeah, I just pulled something out of the water. I'm like, oh, bet, right. let's do it. So throw my rod out there. I didn't really feel any bites, but I pulled my rod back in and my worms were gone. So I'm like, oh, something out there. Something is out there. I go to put my worms on the hook. I don't have my fucking worms. I'm just, I'm like, where are my worms? I left my worms all the way over at the first spot where I was at. I was so pissed because it was like a 15, 20 minute walk, Earl. I was so mad. And I just, I, and you, and you only use worms these days as lure. Um, I, I don't only use worms. That just happened when I, that's just happened. That happened to be what I had yesterday. Okay. So I'm just like, fuck, I don't want to take my, my backpack the cooler, my fishing rod, the stuff I was holding my bait in. My, well, my bait wasn't in there because I left it. But it's just like, God, I don't feel like walking back all the way over there. Because it's like, it's different just doing a, you know, just a regular ass hike with a backpack with a couple of Slim Jims and a Gatorade in it versus lugging a bunch of fishing gear and a fishing rod and a cooler. I'm just like, I do So I just went back to my car. I put all that shit back in my car and I'm just like, I am going to go get these worms, though. I just bought these worms. I only use one worm. I got to go. I'm not. I can't take that L. I got to go get the worms. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I walk back all the way over there, get my worms, 
And at this point, I'm just like, well, do I want to go back to my car, get all my stuff back <laughs> out and go back down the hill to go to this place? Or do I want to go somewhere else? Do So did you not leave the stuff there? because So you felt like someone could have possibly taken your stuff is what you're saying? Not necessarily. This is what happened. So I took my worms out of the bag and I wanted I didn't I didn't want to keep them out in the sun. So I put them like under it's like a little it was like a little Walmart grocery bag. That's where I got my worms from Walmart. And so I put it under the bag so that it would get a little bit of shade. When I initially left that first spot, I grabbed my backpack, I grabbed the cooler and I just grabbed the bag without realizing the worms weren't in the bag. And I didn't I guess I didn't see them. When I when I was walking away. No, but I'm saying when you when you left the second spot, you said, well, I don't want to have to take all this stuff with me. Why couldn't you have left it there, gone, got the worms and came back? Because it, it just felt so far away to me. I didn't want to be away from my stuff for that long. Oh, OK, because see, that's what I'm saying. I feel like usually one in outdoor culture, we've talked about people being the most amiable people yeah. and it's sort of just you know it's it's a it's a network well, it's a closely knit network and people don't I wouldn't necessarily see people just going over picking up a bunch of shit and then going and on top of that if you see a bunch of stuff sitting somewhere you kind of assume that the eyes are lurking around you someone is watching you and they're like they wouldn't just leave all this stuff here and not be right around the corner so I can't just pick up all this shit and be gone well, like I'm going to get caught. I feel you. And I definitely did consider just leaving my stuff there with that guy that was there. But at the end of the day, I don't know. Like my nigga instincts kicked in. I was just like, I don't know this person. So I'm not going to, I'm just not going to leave my stuff here. I'm just not going to leave my stuff here. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> thank you, all right, thank you for, for, for teaching us about nigga instincts. <laughs> I just like, oh I, don't, I don't know this person. I'm not going to leave my stuff here. So, oh I, like, I, like I said, yeah. I put it, I put it back in the car, and I went back to get the worms. So this is when my day started to get a little better. So I ended up leaving that place, and I ended up going to the Tidal Basin, um, which you know kind of sits around the National Mall, um, where a lot of people fish. So I go over there, and I, I, I'm, I try, I try one spot. I'm not really having any luck, and so I head down towards the Jefferson Memorial, and there's a guy down there fishing with a son. So I get over there, you know, me and him get to talking. Turns out we, you know, we're talking for hours and we watch a lot of the same fishing YouTube videos. We follow a lot of the same or we subscribe to a lot of the same people. We're also we also use the Fish Brain app. Um, so we just had a lot in common. This guy was, um, you know, a real cool dude named Rob um, and his son was named Lee. And as soon as I got there, they pulled a catfish in and I'm like, oh, let's get busy. Like, I'm ready to get something out here. <laughs> And um, so he told me he was using eel, like chop, chopped eel, cut bait. And so he's mm. like, yeah, you want some, man? You could, you know, if you want to try some eel out. And I'm like, yeah, man, sure. Um, He was, you know, just sharing all types of tips and tricks that he's learned. Because he said he's he got really heavy into fishing during quarantine, kind of like me. And, um, yeah. you know, he's been learning a lot on the fly, like me, uh, with these YouTube videos. And, um, you know, he was just sharing all this information. He was sharing his bait. Um. I, did, I still didn't catch anything, but that was the best part of my day. Um, just that that fishing community, just meeting some random guy out there that just wanted yep. to give you all this info. He wanted to share bait with you, um, yeah. you know, telling you when he might be out here next, if you want to come back. Like just that that part of the day was the best part of the day for me. Um, just, you know, like you said, the fishing community, 
uh, or the outdoorsy community, I should say. Yeah. Um, it's just some awesome people out there, man. Some awesome people. Yeah, no, I would I would imagine <clears throat> that would be the case as far as that being the best part of your day, because information is something that can be so coveted in certain aspects of life where people just don't want other people to have certain information because they don't want to be surpassed by other people because it's because it's competitive. A lot of things are competitive. So in a, in a, in a work environment, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily want to give certain information out that they feel like there's, there are golden nuggets because they don't want to give you the advantage over them. But, you know, but again, that's just one of the many beautiful things that nature has, you know, encompassed for us is that we all understand that it's all for us. It's for everybody. And that there's, there's nothing to be coveted. There's nothing to be hidden from anyone else. Like, Oh yeah. If you take this route, you're going to see some beautiful stuff. If you go over here, Oh, where did I get these hiking sticks from? Oh, I got them from over here. They're a little expensive, but it really helps with the joints when you're going downhill, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah. You want to try some chopped eel, whatever it is. The information is endless and it's and it's given out. It's people are generous. So I could. Yeah, I, I could imagine that being the case. I, I love outdoors. Yeah. I love it. And and like I said, I will get out there. Fletcher's Cove is 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 written down now. We'll be going out yeah. there and paddle boating, whatever the fuck I'll be doing. Um, Speaking about uh, <laughs> information and, and businesses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about this. Fuck this. Okay. Um. I'm getting ready to go to a sexual harassment training meeting <laughs> in a, in a few in a few hours. Okay. <laughs> I w- listen. Here, here's the thing, Keon. I'm I, like at some point I'm gonna get fired from this job. But the thing is, I wanna I want to talk about this because I want to talk about it from a technical side because a lot of the things that I think about, I see communicationally, or at least I see the the ineptitude. In people's communicational skills, so that's a, that's a lot of what I have to talk to you about today. Because I've been I've been pondering on very very big things, um, or should I say, just prevalent things. So this first one being sexual harassment training. I go into work one day, and I see this fucking poster hanging up, <laughs> saying saying fucking you know harassment training, the dates that you can go, the times on those dates you can go, you can sign up to go. At the very end, there's an asterisk and says hourly employees mandatory. And that's it. Uh (laughs) And so the first thing to arise to a thinking mind would be. okay, well, why only hourly employees as if this sort of training isn't important for anyone to know. Right. I'm I'm wondering why I'm wondering what is it that they're going to tell you that management doesn't need to hear. You know, like right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is so just across the board this is information that it, all people should know. It doesn't say hourly male employees mandatory. Right. Which which states that this this is something that women need to know as well because women can also harass men. Right. So so I think it should go without saying that management can also harass hourly workers, right. and not only can they, but they hold the sort of power dynamic that is usually used 
in harassing someone. But so that was the first thing I thought. Like, why? Like, why are they not? Why do they not have to go? Like, that's a little interesting. Um, But then then another thought came and this was a little bit deeper. Is why would they put on the poster? Hourly employees mandatory. If that's the case, just tell people that they have to sign up, let them know what days they have to go, what times they can go in those days and let that be that. But for you to put down hourly employees mandatory, then clearly the implicature or what it is you're implicitly implying is that we don't have to go because we're we're upper management and we make the rules. If we don't want to go, we don't have to go. It's not as though they're saying, again, that they are of a higher moral standard or, or a higher mental faculty that allows them to be absolved from this sort of training. That's clearly that's not what's being said. I hope not, because that would just be erroneous. So. So clearly they're just saying, well, we don't have to go because we're the ones making the rules. We're the ones throwing this thing. And we're just telling you right now that we don't have to right. go. But the fact that you're doing that, what what the irony in it is you are exercising the exact sort of nasty power that one would use again in harassing someone. That's that's the irony in you putting that asterisk with that connotation on this poster for harassment training. You know, Earl, I you're you you're using the exact element, the exact agent that one would use in harassment. I have a, I have a question. Um, Go for it. So you know, obviously, I have a job. Um, yes, and I am in management. Um, yes. And typically when you first get a job, you know, there's always like a sexual harassment type of policy or something that they have you read um, that basically tells you don't be a fucking creep. Um, Indeed. But what I mean, what what is it that they want to talk about in this meeting? Are there some updates to the to the you know what I'm saying? Like, what is it that they need to say that you need to know that you shouldn't do already? You know, we'll, 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 and that's, and that's another way of looking at this, um, because clearly they're, they're probably having it because there've been some mishaps. Well, that, and that's what I'm getting to. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. There clearly have been some mishaps. I'm certain. I mean, I hear it all the time. I'm certain that there are people just doing creepy shit all the time, saying creepy things. Right. Um, there's all, there's all it's, it's even more weird that management isn't involved in this due, due to it, that. It is. That's what I'm saying. Like aspect. it's a, it's, it's a cre It's a, like that asterisk at the end, that little notation at the end was like a creepy little wink to all of us <laughs> letting us know, but we don't have to be there. Wink, wink. Like what? Like, ew, like <laughs> why would you like, that's what I'm saying. Like it was so absent minded one for you to not make everyone go. Right. Because you would feel like you would like to cover all the liability. You could say, hey, listen, so-and-so 
They got caught saying whatever the fuck to little Suzanne over here shouldn't have did it. Or Suzanne got caught saying some nasty shit to Tom because it can go both ways. We talked about this before, you know, and that was nasty. But we said that everyone had to go and we trained everybody. Now, in the future, if some nasty shit happens with the manager, you're just like, oh, well, you know, I didn't have to go to the man. Like they did. They told me I didn't have to go. (laughs) So I they did so now they're not covering their liabilities as a company is what I'm is saying. Is it possible that they had a separate meeting for management? You know what? Why wouldn't you? Well, you should you should say that. Yeah. <laughs> you should say that. Yeah, you should you should have put that up. You should have because for you to just have this one thing up there that lets us know when we need to go. You should have had the same the same poster so for so everyone could see. And managers come these yeah, days. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But the fact that you said mandatory only for these people makes it seem as though the other people are not getting this training at all. Right. That's the right. point. That like that is the point. So for you to put that there, that's why I'm wondering, not necessarily why they just didn't. Again, the first thought was why isn't everyone going? But the second one was why would you put this here? Because it raises even more questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you getting paid for this? Oh, yes. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, if you go in on days, yeah, you yeah you get okay. paid for this. All right. Uh, and if you're if you have to be in the building, like if you are told you have to be in the building, you get paid. Like you you clock Just in. Making sure. Oh yeah, thousand <laughs> percent. Um, and so when you say what what is what are they going to tell us? Well, again, you're in management. You you've had a job since you were fucking eleven years old, oh so God. you know <laughs> that every time you go to a job, you have to read these pamphlets on sexual harassment. Nothing has changed because they're trying to cover their liabilities. Every company ever anywhere, it's the same program. It's don't look at anybody <laughs> unless you're about to ask them something about work. Don't talk to anybody unless you're about to ask them something about work. Don't fucking touch anybody for any reason don't give compliments it doesn't matter there's so many things i want to say right now but i'm not i'm gonna (laughs) gonna keep them to myself (laughs) i know man i know i know what you mean people just love to touch motherfuckers like (laughs) people just love to touch people it's like you don't have the relationship with this person to break that boundary like you can't just touch people again Boundaries are very important. Borders are very important. You got to think about it. Like your house is a border. You have walls. Yeah. It, it, it creates a safety. You don't want just it, anybody can't just walk in your front door. That's why you have a lock. Somebody just walk in there. You can be like, hey, what the? why are you in my house right, right. now? You're liable to shoot somebody, beat somebody up because they just walked in your house. So. But people don't look at that for some reason the same way when it comes to the human body. So for you to just go and start grabbing people and touching them and it's like, bro, like this is my border. This is my safety. This is my security. This is my home. This is my lock. What are you doing in my home? Get get out of here. Get to get off of me. So unless you have a certain relationship with someone in which they will probably they will let you know. So but the thing is, this is pretty much what harassment training is like. Get away from people. Don't compliment people on their shoes, their hair, their eyes, what they look like, whatever. So this is your first time doing this with your with your company. No, no, because again, when you get hired, you go first thing. It, but it's like a meeting though that they have, like when you get hired. Uh, it's I think it's a part of orientation. Okay, okay. 
You know, yeah, it's a part of the induction. Okay, so it's typically it's when typically you, like a group type of thing, though. It's, okay, yes, I got you. Yeah, and so you get a, a firm understanding of what sexual harassment is and what and how to stay away from it. Don't fucking talk to anybody unless it's about work. Don't ask them to hang out after work. Don't ask for phone numbers again unless we're talking about a phone number list in an office somewhere where you can just text someone or call someone about work, whether you're trying to get a, a you know schedule change or something like that. But don't call anybody sending no wild emojis or talking about anything else that isn't no, schedule no changes or something about work. Shit. Yeah, no hard eyes, no fucking eggplant emojis. Oh, don't don't send that don't don't do no, this. No right? peaches. Nothing like that. No peaches. <laughs> no peaches. No tongue emojis. No little wet droplets. Not even a fucking wink. <laughs> Not don't even yeah, the wink <laughs> the wink can get you in some trouble. Cause the wink Emoji is interesting. Communication is interesting because it is changing in this day and age. Text messages. They should start having probably text message classes, honestly, in communication that would be uh, courses. So interesting. I, I really think that they should because it is a new way. And it's for a lot of people. It's the, it's the only way that they it's the most of the way that they communicate with other people. Is it just through a lot of text? So I, I definitely think that adding emojis and stuff like that onto text messages has to be. Sometimes a motherfucker would just send a a series of emojis yeah. as as a message, and you have to interpret the emojis. Now, I've never. I don't think I've ever had a conversation like that. I, and I, I, I well, 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 I'm not saying it's the entirety of the conversation. Like you just send emojis back and forth. Okay. But if you say something to someone, like, "Hey, man, like it's about to be lit tonight." Are we going to have a good time? And then somebody sends you prayer hands, a fire emoji, and a heart. Then you're just like, they're pretty much agreeing. Like, oh, my God, like, I've needed this. This is about to be so fire. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't wait. You know what I mean? So it's just something like that. So, but it's interesting. But it's it, it's important that people understand what certain things mean as communication continues to grow and evolve, is what I'm saying. So... It brings me back to me looking at this through a communicational scope, which is going to be a lot of what I have to talk about today. This harassment training, and excuse me for anyone that doesn't agree with me, isn't necessarily realistic. If you are in a, in a large company very, very largely mixed with men and women of all different ages, sizes, creeds, ethnicities, whatever. And you have people spending eight to 12 hours a day in this place together. They, they still need what, you know, six to eight, hopefully hours to get some sleep. Like do the math. There's only but so much time you're spending outside of work doing small things. And depending upon what your job is, you may be using some of those hours to prep for work. So for what I'm saying is for a lot of people, work becomes a lot of their life, huge part of their life. And so you would have to assume that being around all these other human beings, feelings are going to arise and they're going to be people that want to speak to other people on a more intimate level because you're spending so much time with them. And they're going to be people that want to be spoken to on an intimate level because they're spending so much time around these people. The fact of the matter is, how do we do it? Yeah, you got to manage that. 
That's that's really what the issue is. Is there has to be a more succinct and sophisticated management of it, rather than don't fucking talk to anybody, don't look at anybody, don't compliment anybody, don't ask anybody for numbers, don't ask to hang out, get the fuck away from me. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's not. That's not so realistic. I understand why that's the basis of it for companies because they're just trying to protect protect themselves. But in reality, it's not going to go down that way. And so I feel like it would be better if they had a real communications specialist. Now, I love the movie Hitch with Will Smith. <laughs> I love like I think that's a great movie. One is Will Smith. Um, Eva Mendez, dope. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I forget his name, but I think it's Kevin something who plays Peter Bredeman, who's also, you know, the, the main guy on King of Queens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. Super funny, dude. Now, Will Smith in that movie, he was a, a dating consultant, I believe his title yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. He was like a, ma- he was like now, a matchmaker. Yeah, matchmaker, dating console, whatever. The thing is, I thought that that was a really cool, and it was, it was a novel idea, sort of like how Sherlock Holmes is a, a detecting consultant, which I feel like is awesome because he's the only person to ever have that title. Like he made the job up himself. So the police come to this guy to help them when they're out of their depth, mm. which is usually all the time in the Sherlock Holmes. That. Sherlock. That's interesting. Wait, you didn't. You had no idea about Sherlock Holmes? No, that he was a detecting consultant. I just thought he was like some type of private eye or something. Some type of de- detective. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, he he comes, he goes out, people come to him. So it, a lot of times it's the it's the police force come to him and say, hey, listen, Sherlock, we don't know what the fuck is going on uh, with this case. We need you. I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, he's also he's also employed by civilians right. and things like that. But a lot of time it is, it is the... Um, Scotland Yard right. that come to him. So, so again, very novel title Will Smith has in this. But if you watch the movie, you understand that he's not just out to help guys get laid. Because there, there's a some fucking arrogant prick in the movie. His name is something like Vance. First of all, his name is yeah, Vance. Let that's me- a douchebag <laughs> ass name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, who decided to take the L off and put a V there instead and call it Vance? Sorry if there's like, any Vance's out there listening, but that is yeah, for that's, sure. that's a like, douchebag I, name. <laughs> yeah, you got to, yeah, any Vance's out there, you got to really do, like, you got to be a really great yeah, guy. Yeah, please. You, please. Have to, you have to do a lot to turn that around. Like, Vance, yeah. <laughs> sort of like if you're a chick you know, and your name is Gretchen. Or no, you know, you know what another douchebag name? Brett. Brett. Brett, you know what's funny is the only Brett I know is a su- he's such a like he's such a very fun, affable, humble guy. You like love yeah. him. Hey, I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, doubt that's that. the only Brett that I know. But I understand what you're getting at. <laughs> um, anywho, so so very cool title. But he's not just out to help dudes get laid because you have this dude named Vance, and he clearly doesn't give a shit about this girl that he's trying to get with. He's just trying to have sex with her and be on his way. And Will Smith declines his offer. He's like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. Like, I, I work with men that like women. <laughs> like, sorry. Like, I'm not I'm not Hold doing on. this. So Vance goes up to him and says, can you help me? Can you help me have sex with this girl? Is that is that essentially yeah, pretty what's much. happening? I think they're, yeah. They're, 
Yeah, they're like in the dining area, oh and he's gosh. just like, yeah, you know, like I really gotta, I gotta just get this one out of my system so I can clear yeah. it out of my get get it out of my head so I can continue on with my life. Like I just like, gotta what? knock this one. Yeah, like I gotta knock this one off real quick. Yeah. Like help me, like what I need to do to knock I, this one I off. I totally understand why women hate men. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, like well, it's just like no, I'm I'm not like that's not what I'm gonna do. I help men that like women. Like I'm not like you're just trying to eat them alive. Like no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not helping you. So, I thought that it was a, a really cool idea. It was to help men that clearly don't have any sort of skills, clearly. any sort of these communicational skills, like Peter Bretterman, <laughs> get with. Someone that would be, quote unquote, out of their league. And I have a, a hate love relationship with that phrase out of the league. Um, and also to help women, like he said in the movie, get out of their own way to see, you know, the beauty in men that they wouldn't normally be looking right. at. I always thought that it would be a super cool idea to expound on Will Smith's character, his job title. Instead of being a dating consultant or a matchmaker, I thought it'd be really cool to be an interpersonal communications consultant. Okay. And in that, because communication is a, a wide range of things, but interpersonally, at least, you just know that you're helping someone be able to discern the ins and outs of speaking with people. And knowing how to do that in an efficient and efficacious way. I think that's what needs to be brought here. Again, communication goes all over the place. You want to learn how to how to go into an interview, an ASA interview. Cool. Communications consultant. He can help you out with that. You want to learn how to go into your business and better learn how to talk to your superiors or the people underneath you, or, you know, people laterally, cool. Interpersonal communications can help you with that, that business communications. Cool. We can do that. You want to know how to go and have a certain conversation with your loved ones. That's maybe high stakes. Emotions are going to get kind of out of whack. It's kind of awkward and weird. It's been the elephant in the room for family for a long time. Cool. Communications consultant can help you with that. You want to learn how to Go to work and maybe proposition someone that you're interested in, but you don't want to be a nasty creep and get taken to HR and then cause the entire company to throw harassment training for the hourly employees only. Cool. Interpersonal communications consultant can help you with that. So that's what I feel like should be the case. There are so many things that people do. I've heard so many stories of just nasty little things that people go and do and say at work. And you have to understand that these people are not, like I've said before, the villains of their own stories. They're not thinking, oh, let me go say this real nasty, creepy ass thing that may possibly get a restraining order against me. Like, that's not what they're thinking. Right. They're thinking, I would like to go. This person has intrigued me. I'm interested in them. I find them attractive. I would like to throw my name in the hat. I would just like for them to know that I'm that I'm interested in them and proposition, you know, maybe lunch or dinner or hanging out, whatever the case may be, and allow the cards to fall where they may. But then they go off and say some wild, some oh, just the nasty, just just the nasty things that I've heard. Grotesque. Like, 
Let me pull the nastiest one, like one of the nastiest ones out. Um, <laughs> hey, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna hang out? Like maybe we can get together and you know, do what do what boys and girls do. <laughs> what? That's a real. That's a real. That that's a that's real. Some, I didn't just make that okay. up. That's real. Someone has said this to someone before. Yes. Do what boys and girls do. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Um. I. So, this person no longer works for the company. Good. <laughs> the, no, well, no, no, no. I'm. This is the next person. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm. I'm about to bring up. So, there's a thing called a little mock run where someone would come through, act as if they're a a guest and you come and you serve them and they they pretty much check the boxes of what it is you are and are not doing correctly. They look at you and discern what you're doing wrong at other tables. And in doing so, because we're supposed to be using the last names, prestigious place, we're supposed to be using the last names. It makes people feel as though they're at home of the guests that come. An older manager of ours, a middle-aged guy, used to come, and every time he would do it, he would try to come up with a different interesting or funny last name for you know the people to call him. He walked in one day, and we used to have a younger, um, a younger hostess. This is actually the one that asked me, are you ready to fucking black out? (laughs) (laughs) And he walked up to her. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And he's clearly attracted to her. And he said, I have, I have a last name or I I have a name for him. They're going to, they're going to love this. Put me down as as Mr. Peter, P-E-T-E-R file. F-I-L-E. What? Said quickly enough is Mr. Pedophile. Exactly. (sighs) She was aghast. (laughs) Because why would you think that it is okay to say something like that? Period. Really? Yeah. Um, And then... And then slyly too, which is always again a part of the creepiness is the is the the serpent, the serpentness of it. Yeah. People are just scared of snakes inherently. It seems like. Yeah. And so for you to just be using this slithery serpent-like slyness in your creepiness is what makes it even all the more creepy. Right. And this is a young girl we're talking about. <laughs> so. Just incorrect on it's a very, very nasty layered cake. <laughs> but again, this guy is really just suffering at an ineptitude in communications because he doesn't know that what he's saying is as creepy or as nasty or as out of pocket or inappropriate as it is. So so it just it just it's very interesting. It just leads me to believe that people you know, the stuck in their houses, they're not having any communications training because why would they? Like, how would they? Yeah. It's not something that's a part of the curriculum in, in schools. 
Um, it's not even really like an elective in public schools. Um, so it's just it's just it's just not there. So it's just when I just go through life and I look at all these different follies that people have on a daily basis when it comes to communications, because it's something I've been so passionate about and something that I've I've studied for, I could probably say about 10 years now and read over fucking 30, 40 books in it. It's just it's just insane just how little we we give value in stock in the area of communication because it's everything. It, it would stop so much bullshit. <laughs> like so it was it would it would really put an end to so much shit that we go through every day so much misunderstanding right. um like if you were having a conversation with someone and you saw that their feet the entire time were angled away from you usually when you have conversation with someone you're squared off with them your shoulders are squared your feet are pointing at them but these people don't know because they're not trained to any degree that if the feet are pointed away from you that's the way that they're they're looking to yeah, go. Yeah, they're trying to get out of there. They're looking to walk away they from keep you. Looking in that direction and shit. <laughs> they don't know that that most of what we read is is body language or in or I should just say um, nonverbal communication. Yeah. So if someone's words and their tone and body language are incongruous, you shouldn't be holding on to what they said as the truth. Right. Because a lot, most of the time, people aren't necessarily saying what they mean. And and that's, you know, because they're also have a, you know, ineptitude in communication as well. But it's, it just, it, it just, it fucking mind boggles me, man. People just, you know, don't know the the very basics of communication and just how it would help, how it would make the world better. Because I'm just clearly always constantly thinking on how to, how to improve the world, but how how I can how I can maximize my skill set in order to do so. Because there are a bunch of things I can't do, like find the cure to cancer. I I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I like I I don't know how to do what Elon Musk is doing and make you know electric cars and rockets. But what I can do, but what I can do is help people communicationally, which I feel like is a great start. <laughs> I feel like it's a great start. Are you gonna start charging so, people for that? For that? I will the whole interpersonal communication, man. Listen, before I go, before I I die, I will have that title. Okay, okay. <laughs> I respect. It. Yes, yes, I, I I will I will have that title because it's like I said, it's so it's so necessary and it goes into so many avenues and crevices of our life that we don't even think about. It's so insane. Um, I was thinking about. <clears throat> understanding the other day because you know I just recently got put on a, a panel of people to talk about racial and cultural differences yes. and I already and I already didn't like the way it was it was titled going into really? it I no I don't like that I don't like that at no, all I, cultural okay oh, no, no, no no I was I was just gonna ask you what you didn't like about it and what you maybe prefer it be called for you to title okay so so someone's putting together someone near and dear to me comprised or or I could should say put together a panel comprised of 10 individuals from different backgrounds, ethnicities, uh, political parties, whatever. And 
I believe that the reason this was done was to come to some sort of, not necessarily a consensus of thinking, unless that consensus of thinking is just the the ambition to have everyone come to understanding of one another. Not that we now are unified in our way of thinking about everything, but just that we can come to an understanding of where people are coming from and why they do what they do or say what they say. Now, when you title it racial and cultural differences, I don't see that being the crux in which we are supposed to operate on. I don't see that being the epicenter. That is something to be spoken about later on. But if we're going to talk about things of of such importance, clearly this is supposed to be of grand importance, then we need to reduce to its simplest form. So... If we're talking about cultural and racial differences, all we're really going to do is talk about racial and cultural differences. We're just going to list them. Okay, what do what these people do? What do these people do? What is what it done in this culture? How do they do it? Why, why do they eat this? Why do they pray to this God? Why do they do any of this stuff? Well, I feel like, I feel like the title is kind of, it, it can be seen as kind of surface level, but I feel like they'll probably, you know, jump into some more, very more specific stuff. Well, yeah, again, you can get specific into how certain races raise their children or how certain cultures pray to certain gods and why they do and why they eat the foods they do or why they have the traditions that they do. But that isn't a base, a basis for, how do we become better people? <laughs> that is just that is just taking inventory of what people do and how they do, do it. We know that that's the goal. Well, if it's not, if what's the goal? Well, that, <laughs> because if because if if the goal is not to for us to get better or under or or yeah, if, if the goal is not for us to get better, if the goal is for us to just yeah, it's, it's learn like what, about what other. Point, right? Yeah, yeah if, if we're just to learn what other people are doing, then just you don't need a panel. Yeah. Just just one person do research and then throw something up on Facebook right. and everyone can read. Everyone can read what certain cultures do and why they right, do it. Right, right. We don't need to have a discussion about right. that. So. So, OK, I'll, I'll give you an example. So a guy on there asked the question. He couldn't understand why white people would oh, this, vote. this happened already this was this we had an introductory meeting about a week oh, ago. okay yeah we got to talk about this later <laughs> yeah so so one one of the guys asked why he felt like he couldn't understand why white people would vote against their best interest financially speaking mm-hmm. economically speaking and then you have these people going back and forth, some white people, some black people talking about, you know, certain p- people in certain states and why they would do it. Maybe it's because it's what they were with a certain political party before and that's all they knew. So then when things changed, they just kind of kept along with that. 
you know, same political party, even though it didn't necessarily favor their economical interest. And then there was another guy talking about the lack of education in political science and things of such sort. And I was just sitting here listening to this. And I just because for a lot of it, I just had my microphone turned off. And then I turned my microphone on and I said, "Okay." by the way, keep in mind, everyone here is is at least two two decades older than me. (laughs) And I say. You know. I don't think this is the way that the conversation should be had. That's that's where I do have a power. I don't I don't know everything, but I do have a, a decent way of thinking and communicationally, I'm pretty sound. So I know usually when conversation is is fruitful and when it's fruitless, when it's on track, when it's off track, when it has something for us to build off of and when it's just withering and dying and we're just all in limbo saying a bunch of things back and forth and there's actually no understanding taking place. I have, I have a knack for that. And so I said, you know, <clears throat> it would have been a whole lot more productive, easier, more intimate, and a lot more efficient to ask the question, why would any human make any self-injurious, self-diminishing, self-sabotaging decision. Why would anyone do anything that isn't in their best interest? You don't have to ask why white people would vote for a political party that isn't in their financial interest. Just understand that you're talking about politics. Or you're talking about race. You're talking about race and politics. Mm-hmm. And this is and again, this was this goes to the issue with the titling for me. Understand that that is a fragment of life or a fraction of life. There are many, many, many things in life, and that is a fraction of it. And if you go back to our math class, they said that when dealing with fractions, it's probably best to reduce to its simplest form first. So why do that when you can just ask, why would a human being do something that isn't in its best interest? And then you get to those answers that y'all got to, but you get to it in a lot more succinct, clear way. Mm-hmm. Lack of education, lack of wisdom, you know, maybe that should have been bestowed upon wiser people before them. Um, Just overall lack of understanding and that can come from internal and external just ask yourself before asking about these white people in this political party ask yourself why do you think why do you in this day and age still do things that are not in your best interest why do you do them you answer that question then you answer the other questions okay. that's 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 really what it is so i didn't so and and then after that everyone was kind of looking at me like in a sort of in a stupor like oh okay like okay <laughs> and then after that shortly after that we had to go it was one of the this you know uh little itty bitty you know tidbit of things that I did say during it because I was really just trying to get a grasp on what was taking place in front of me 
because I didn't like the the format of the the conversation really. So do they plan on that, doing but, this like like once a week or something like that? I, I think it's definitely supposed to be something that takes place over and over and over. Um, but but if but if I continue on with this, it's gonna end up being something that I I. <sighs> And I and I don't like to be this person for the sake of being this person. I don't I don't want to be because when I told you I was going to be a part of this, you was just like, oh, shit, like, here we go. Like, you about to get in the ass. And it's like, <laughs> I don't I don't want to be the person that's just that's just running in the conversation for battle. Like, that's not what I'm in conversation for. I'm in the conversation for understanding. But you have to understand. When I said what I said, the guy that brought it up in the first place. He said in response, well, if we're going to have these sorts of conversations, we have to ask the real questions. Now. For him to reply that way to what I said. I I had to really think about it. It tells me that he wasn't listening. No, 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 no. It tells me he wasn't understanding. So. Because there's no way that his question is a realer version of my statement, (laughs) of my question. I made it realer. You're talking about white people making political decisions based on finances, whatever. I'm talking to you about the human being and why we do things, individuals do things that are self-sabotaging, that take away from us, that are not in favor of our being. That is the realer question. That is the realest form of, of this question that you've laid out. So he's not understanding. Now, I've been thinking a whole lot about understanding ever since he said this to me. Because it seems to me from a communicational standpoint that in order to understand someone People rarely think about words, but you have to stand under them. I'll say that again. In order to understand someone, you have to stand under them. And when I say that, I mean, you have to become subordinate to them or the ideas being posited at the moment. Mm -hmm. You have to become subservient. You have to become subordinate. You have to become secondary. You cannot be egoful, egotistical while someone is trying to give you information while you're trying to learn something. If you cannot lay your ego to the side, you're not going to learn it. So anytime anyone's ever learned something, they've had to set their ego to the side and allow for information to come as it was and allow allow their ego to sit to the side long enough to be able to objectively analyze the information, critically analyze the information, and allow it to settle in. Otherwise, you're not really understanding it. You're just you're, you're intaking something, a piece of so-called information, and you may regurgitate it later on. But that's not necessarily to say that you understand the information itself. Mm-hmm. So then I started thinking, OK, well, what are the things that that stop us? from setting the ego to the side, then that's, that's really what it comes down to because this is a humility problem. Clearly, like we're, we're not humble enough to set our ego to the side. So then I started thinking about, you know, communications 101 pretty much, which 
neurologically, there's a data rate issue in which I may have spoken to you about this before, in which we as you know, average human beings speak anywhere from 175 words per minute to 225 words per minute. Our brains technically can analyze two to three times that amount. So there's a data rate issue where we're not getting enough data and therefore our brains are a little bored while people are speaking. So we can do other things like think about what we're going to eat later on or what's coming on to what we're going to watch on Netflix or that conversation that we had a week ago and what we should have said in it or how my life is crumbling down around me because my boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with me. Whatever the fuck the case may be, you're thinking about all different sorts of stuff while this person in front of you is speaking, trying to teach you something. So that's the neurological part that that we have to train ourselves out of. So you have to train your mind to think because it's not geared towards that just just out of uh, biology. Then past that, we come to the, the humility problem and the things that stop us from setting our ego to the side, the things that stop us from opening our minds to whatever is coming towards us now. Again, this is not me saying that everything that comes to us, you just have to believe it and assimilate. I'm just saying you should open your mind to it, take it for whatever information it is, and then critically analyze afterwards. The reasons why we stop ourselves from doing that is because, one, we could think that we're the smartest person in the room, that no one else has anything to teach us. We could think that the person talking to us isn't necessarily qualified to be speaking on whatever it is they're speaking on. We could just think that the person ahead of us is just stupid. We could think that maybe they're younger and yeah, not was, that they're stupid. I was going to throw that in yeah. the younger thing. I think that's I think that's a little bit of what I that's, got. And that's that's kind of what I was reading into as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, he's, listen, he's listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, listen here, young man, like go ahead, get a couple more decades on you before you come talk to the big dogs. And it's like <laughs> it's not that it's not that simple. It's it's not that simple. And and it's such when you really, really think about it, it's so asinine. It's so nonsensical to think that way. It's in that in itself is so self-sabotaging, self-injurious, self-diminishing because you're essentially throwing the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. I've never if heard you, anyone say that in my life. Really? So. Can you kind of you kind of get what it means? Maybe out with the bathwater. I'm I'm kind of, but I'd much prefer you explain it. <laughs> so if I so uh, if I start talking to you, you may deem most of the shit that I have to say as stupid or nonsensical or just completely. Um, well, yeah, just that, just not just insensible. Like you, you, you don't want to use it. You don't think that it's pertinent at all. And so anything that comes out of my mouth, you're willing to pretty much discard all of it, neglect okay. all of but, it. But without kind of seeing that hidden, that hidden gem in there, that diamond. in the Exactly. Rough. Which would be the baby. Right, 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 right. You don't want to throw the baby out with gotcha. the bathwater. <laughs> So so now any it's now you're disregarding anything that someone has to say because you think that, again they're incompetent, they're young, you're smarter than everyone in the world, whatever the case may be. So now you're losing what you could have built upon in a conversation or just internally. Later on when you go to sleep at night or you have things to think about and you want to continue your thought process on whatever it is you may be building upon. 
you've you've now lost that opportunity because you've just you've nullified, disregarded everything that you could have gotten in that in that opportunity that presented itself to you. And I think that's a huge that's a huge part of, of what happens. People stop thinking that everyone has something to teach them. And that they whatever, if in and, and if you see someone and immediately in conversation, they've hit a nerve because they said something that does not confirm your preconceived notion on that item or you it hasn't confirmed your biases, then you're already taken, you're taken aback, you're you're stepping away from it, and you probably most people have probably shut shut their mind down now. So now you're just waiting for this person to get done talking. So now you can get your rant off so you can get your shit off and start telling them what they don't know and why they don't know it. And that's just and that's so corrosive. It's so it's so. It's so insidious, I should say, the way the the, the way, yeah, the, <laughs> the way that it works on the mind and the ideas and in the growth of your mental processing. So that's definitely something I've been thinking about in trying to make the world a better place. I have to understand why people don't understand other people because that, that, that happens all the time. It's just all around us. People say stuff and you clearly, you're like, how did you not understand? Like I said this clearly to you. Why do you not understand it? Because one, they're thinking about other things while you're talking. And if not, they don't think that you're competent enough or they don't think that you're well-read enough or well-versed enough to be talking about whatever it is that you're talking about. They're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. They're just, they're not open to you. They're not standing under you. They're not being secondary or subordinate to the, to the information that is coming to them in any given moment that would allow them to the, just the, the openness to grasp at anything that would seem like silver lining in the clouds. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's yeah, it's very, very interesting the way that people just get very, very attached to their ideas. People are very, very attached to their ideas. And when you say anything that is remotely. Uh, negatory of whatever it is they have to say, then it's you're attacking their very being like you're you're like you're attacking people's core. If it's anything remotely anti whatever it is they've deemed to now be the composition of who they are as a human being. People make their minds up extremely quick and they, they kind of, you know, they stick to their guns, especially older folk, people that are, you know what I'm saying? Like the generations before us, you know, they've mm-hmm. seen what they've seen. Um, they naturally think that, you know, that because they're, and we've spoke about this before because that they're older and they've been around that they're also wiser so they, mm-hmm. so, you know, not saying that they take any opportunity, but a lot of older folks will probably, you know, look at someone like you and just be like, what's this little nigga talking about? Like, what is what he, what he really got to say? To, what do you got to say to me that I ain't seen before? Uh, that is, oh, that's so terrible. I, like I said, I never want to get to that place. I, ne- I try my very best to remain teachable. I never want to get to a place where I just cut off anybody that isn't that doesn't look like me or wasn't raised like me or isn't my age. Like that's just, that's, that is eternal damnation (laughs) is what you've done to yourself after Like once you get to that point, you have eternally damned yourself into a place of ignorance. 
and 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 you've plateaued. You've plateaued because now you've you've only left yourself a very narrow bandwidth of experience that you can reap benefits from. If there was and that's just yeah. If there was anything that should have been asked about white people in that discussion is why they refuse to wear coats in the wintertime. <laughs> that's that's what should have been asked. <laughs> Yo, you're fucking stupid. Why why they refuse? Like someone's like, put a coat on. No, I don't want to. <laughs> you know what I'm uh, talking about. Yeah. yeah. Why they refuse to wear coats. Or sometimes, you know, they they they'll throw a coat on, but then they, they keep the shorts on. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on. Yesterday when I was in Fletcher's Cove. There was a guy out there riding it, like riding his bike, like coming up to, you know, kind of walking his bike up to the area to where you're going to ride it at. My man had on a helmet. He had a mask on covering his face. He had on some snow, like some, you know, those big snowboarding goggles, the ones that are kind of like progressively colored. Um, He had a pair of those on with a big puffer coat and a pair of nylon gym shorts. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm just like this nigga the, the top half of his body looks like he's about to go snowboarding and the, and the, right, bo- right, the right. bottom half looked like he about to lace up for a five on five and I was just like yeah. <laughs> this is so crazy yeah I yeah I I, I I don't know I mean you. I think you and I have heard the same the same answer which is you know my legs just don't get yeah, cold yeah I they, don't if they just don't get as cold, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't understand. It has that. something to do with, you know, legs having a bit more meat. There's a bit more insulation there, so they just, you know, they just, they just do better with, with, with holding heat inside. I suppose. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I. I don't do it. I. My legs get cold, yes. so I. I put pants on. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That's interesting to me. I. I don't. I don't really got anything for that. There's nothing. <laughs> There's nothing. There's no sort of communicational uh, idea I got on that one. <laughs> that's just I, I don't know. That's just that's for the birds. But, I'm uh, not. <laughs> it's cold outside. Yeah. But um, but getting getting back to that, yeah, I just yeah, I don't I don't know. That's that's just really interesting. But it's something that that has to be that has to be talked about before before any sort of other conversations happen because. Whatever sort of you want to have racial conversations, cultural conversations, political conversations, financial conversations, you know, economic, sociological, whatever it is. To me, the way in which the communication is going to be had has to happen first, because if we're if we can't hold each other accountable for people not listening or not being subordinate when. When opportunities of information are being presented, then then there's really no point in us having a conversation because we're not going into this. And I talked about this on the last one in good faith of truly trying to understand the other side. Right. We're just going to come in and we're going to make a bunch of noises at each other for a long time and probably walk away a lot more perturbed and upset and angry and in an anguish and in big more confusion than we were when we walked into it. It's gonna drown and drown the room in opinions. And yeah, that's what like that's not that, that's not what I'm in it for. Which is why I said I'm not running into conversations for combat. 
But it, but the reason why you responded to me telling you or notifying you that I was going to be a part of this panel the way that you did, like, oh, shit, you about to go in there and tear him a new asshole. The reason why you did that is because I seem to have this role in conversation that steers conversation. Yeah. That, let, that, let, that kind of notifies people. I This is the way that the conversation should probably go in order for it to be you know, as, as fruitful as possible. I knew that you were going to have very different takes than most people that were going to be on that panel. Um, and yeah. I knew that not that you were going to, I didn't think you were going to come in there aggressively with it, but I just knew mm-hmm. that, um, you know, you were going to come in there very strongly, feel, you know, you're going to feel strongly about whatever it is that you were going to say. And, you know, I just figured a lot of some folks in there might not be ready for that. They might not be able to they might not be ready to answer the questions that you were going to have um, because you I knew that you were going to take what they were saying and flip flop it and make them, you know, kind of re uh, reevaluate, you know, their way of thinking or their way of speaking. And I just kind of figured a lot of folks just probably aren't ready for that. Yeah, that that's that's pretty much what it seemed like. And if I continue to do this. It's going I'm going to to some degree have to take it over. Mm-hmm. And when I say take it over, I mean, have to lay a firm foundation for the most positive. Grounds for communication. And if and if we can't agree on the most positive grounds and formatting for communication, then then again, the conversation is just going to be up in there and it will just be a wave, a tsunami of opinions that come and just drowned us in confusion. <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah. Like the, there will be, yeah, it's, there has to be some sort of mission statement and there has to be a firm foundation of how exactly it is. We are going to unify to get to achieving yeah. that mission. It's kind of like, it's kind of like writing a paper, you know, you have your introductory, you have your body mm-hmm. and then you have your conclusion, but it's like, if you don't ever get to that conclusion, then we just have a bunch of stuff on paper and none of this is tied together. Nobody understands. Yeah, if you, each yeah, other. If you don't come up with it, if you, if there's no thesis statement, right. you know, then we're just, then what are we, what are we talking about? Which is why I said just titling, titling it racial and cultural differences isn't necessarily so, so good of a, of a base to start at because it's just, that can just be listed as bullet points. Yeah. But what is it that we're trying to do with these bullet points? What are, what are we trying to get at? So yeah, that that was that. Um, the last thing communicationally, which is actually something that I felt like was quite fun, and when I thought about it, as I'm always thinking about compassion to those that we usually just throw off as fucking trash to the side because they get demonized, is is trolls, internet trolls. Uh. <laughs> now that's now that's a side. Yeah, that was a side. Now that's that was, that, was, now that, that, that was a bad side. That was a oh god. Yeah, that, yeah, de- yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, so okay, so first of all, go ahead, t- tell me why you why you start off with that side, so we can just get in a, a pretty much because uh, this I'm pretty certain you're gonna give what is the general consensus towards what I just said. Um, I mean, when you think of trolls, you think of people that just assert themselves into some type of domain um purely to just stir shit up you know what i'm saying um okay not because you know they may or may not have an end goal you know they may have an end game but a lot of the mm. times 
They're just going against the grain for the fuck of it. And they just want to see how you react. They want to see if this, how this fucks with you. You know what I'm saying? Um, especially yeah. the ones that, you know, pull out a cell phone and record it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I, <clears throat> what I think of when I think of trolls. So, first of all, let me go back to my childhood. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which part? <laughs> well, all of it. So, so the 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 point that I'm that I want to really derive out of my childhood is the fact that I'm. Oh my God! I'm so blessed to have been raised by the family that raised yes. me. Like. Beautiful, beautiful people, open-minded, they're thinkers, traveled, you know, seen a lot, talked to a lot, read a lot, understand a lot, been exposed to a lot, just just wonderful, wonderful people. And they always told us, all, all the kids, that we could do what we wanted to do, we could be who we wanted to be, we don't have to do what the fuck everyone else is doing usually that's not the way to go. We should probably be be looking to fulfill us as individuals and kind of at least be wary of what everyone else is doing. Um, and, and, and supporting. And again, thinking, 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 thinking. That is the motif of this. My dad always had this the phrase of and the flip side to that is so he would always give you an other another way of looking at something and then allow you to go and make the decision and see what you know how the cars fall. I've never known that man not to have an idea or not to be on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, both of those things are all like simultaneously happening at all points I've in time. Never known a, a, he always <laughs> has ideas and he's always on the I've phone. I've never known a man that had to take a phone call so much. Because, yeah, because he's got the ideas and he's implementing ideas. Yeah. That's what that's what the phone calls are. He's implementing ideas. So I, I didn't. Again, you and I have talked about how you just don't see, and this is just this is as old as age is. But you look back, hindsight being twenty twenty, and you realize the small things that your parents were interweaving into the seamless or seamlessly interweaving into the tapestry that is the fabric of your life. And clearly food was one of those things where, you know, you make fun of us for having fucking dry seaweed and, <laughs> you know, just, just a whole garden in, in the fridge uh, and stuff like that. And people, people coming over and not knowing how to, like the, the fridge is full, the pantry is full, but you don't, but you got nothing to I eat. Just made P, I just made PB&Js. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the only thing that you really knew how to do. You can't. It wasn't like going to a friend's house because for me, I would go over a friend's house and open up the pantry and there are cookies and cakes and <laughs> chips and all these different things. And you can just grab something, open it up and start eating it. In my house, for the most part, you had to put things together. <laughs> things had to be cooked or the things that you could just open up and eat. It's still like some wheats and grains and seaweeds. You know, and you know what the you go ahead. You know this made me think of <laughs> what? That, uh... Those thoughts that um that Allison had about me when I kicked the drawer on the uh <laughs> on the... Yeah. Yeah, you were in there being a little a little thug, a little heathen the very first time she saw you. She just walked down Ooh. from her room in our kitchen and you're just Ooh. sitting there in the fridge. She's never met you before. Your face is Ooh. already 
you're, you're neck deep in our refrigerator. <laughs> and then she, and then the little fucking, the little drawer at the bottom where most people keep their vegetables and stuff was out. And you just kicked it in with your foot. And she's just like, okay. All right. Like, I don't like the way this dude is, is in oh, my house gosh. right now. Like, he's kicking drawers oh, shut. He's, he, he's, he's shoulder deep into the refrigerator. <laughs> I've never, I've never met him before. <laughs> Like, I I don't I don't like I this clearly dude. didn't care about first impressions. <laughs> yeah, clearly, yeah, clearly, clearly not. Um, again, hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> but so they made me think about a lot of things. Anytime I didn't understand a word the adult the adults were using, go get a dictionary. Don't ask us what it means. Go get a dictionary. Look it up. So that way I'm getting in the groove of going and looking for information. I have to go. If I don't understand something, I have to go find it. Because for me, I can't stand not understanding. Something. Like I can't I can't wrap my mind around not being able to conceptualize an idea. <laughs> and if I can't do that, like I have to go figure it out. Like I, I got to do it. It's a puzzle to me. And so I started to understand that life and thoughts were puzzles to me. And so I I found myself as I got older and older and older and then through adolescence that I liked to think about things. And this is interesting. This is this is not just a trivial sentence that I said that I like to think about things. Let's let's take a second to think about this. We take most things for granted as human beings. We just think, oh, you know, this is just another day. I'm allowed these things because this is what it is. We just think that things are supposed to be manifested to us because that's what life has shown us. So that's what taking things for granted is. Like our senses. Just imagine just it taking any of your senses away. Sucks, right? <laughs> any of them. Fucking sucks. Yeah. It immediately depletes the quality of life. Unless you, you were born without them. And you and you've just never known any other way. Right. Very true. That 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 could be a very different thing. And also we could say that in losing a sense, you that could be a valley that could lead to a peak. You could find some reverence in that. You could, possibly. But immediately, if if I just take away your sight right now, you're gonna be like, damn, this isn't that cool. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? You'd be like, oh man, that kind of sucks. Like I had things to do today. Like I was gonna <laughs> I needed I needed my eyes to get some things done today. <laughs> so our ability to be conscious beings and think about things, I think, is just so highly taken advantage of. <laughs> when I say taken advantage of, I mean, it's 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 really not taken advantage of. It's actually it's it's completely glossed over. We just do the bare minimum of thinking. <laughs> We don't try to think deeply about things and deconstruct things in, that are happening in our lives. Now, for me, this sounds like some super nerd shit, but, you know, I'm a nerd, so we're going to get into it. I remember sitting outside of Santorini one night, I think you were DJing, and I don't know exactly what the makeup of the group was, but I remember a friend, Reginald, being a part of it. We were out there, and... I was asked, you know, what I like to do. And my weird, wacky ass response was, well, you know, something I like to do is just is ponder. I just like I like to think about things. And a friend Reginald was like, nigga, what did you just say? 
<laughs> it's like this motherfucker. Somebody just asked you what you like to do. Did you just answer? I like to think. Is that what you just said? And that stuck with me clearly for years now that it was such a weird thing to say that an activity that I like to partake in is to think uh-huh. how weird that is. You just like to, he was like, so you're telling me I can, I can walk in your house one day and I can just catch you sitting down thinking like while other people are playing video games or they're out playing sports or they're watching TV, I can walk in your house and find you sitting down in a seat thinking. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, of course, yeah, for sure. Didn't seem so weird to me. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of things to think about. Do you, uh, <laughs> like, I like, to, yeah, like I, I love to sit and, and deconstruct ideas in my mind and try to make sense of things. Yeah, I like, I love to think. I mean, it's it's funny when it's Go funny for. when someone says, "Oh, I just walk into your house and just find you there, just thinking." But like, <laughs> no, it, I understand <laughs> the image and why that's so fucking but funny. Like in, in, you walking down and just seeing someone in a chair, just like, and, just and looking. That's why, and, and that brings me to my next question. What, like when you say that, what do you actually mean? Do you do you literally mean that? Like, are you are you laying in your bed, your hands behind your head, just kind of like just laying there with your eyes closed? Like, what what are you actually doing? Well, as you know, I've been sober for quite some time now. I'm coming up on three months, but my my two months was was on the fourth, so it's been over like two months and a half now. And my mind's been working better and better and better every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every day, really, I can just see just ridiculous things happening to my mind. Just the way that I'm interacting with the world around me, the way that I'm thinking about stuff, the ideas that are constantly running through my mind and presenting themselves. And they're presenting themselves in a most beautiful way. And I'm going to speak on that as well. But I these days through meditation is the best, the best. So I'll sit. And I'll have, you know, some very, very soft, maybe classical, calm music to the side. And I'll just be sitting for 30 minutes or so. And I could be thinking and concentrating on the breath or doing a body scan and wondering exactly, you know, if there's any tightness in my back or, you know, where, you know, how my how the air feels around me, if it's cool, if it's warm, you know, are there any knots in my in my neck or anything like that? And what I feel like I could be thinking about what the little itty bitty lights going on behind my closed eyelids are doing and what illuminations are happening there. I could be thinking about, you know, if I smell anything, what like what do I hear? I, I'm listening to music differently like now. I'm listening to every little note and how the notes linger, you know, through the the, the, vi- the violin strings or the piano keys and things like that. And I'm just getting deeper and deeper into lyrics of music. My dreams, we'll get into that. That's that. That's different. I'm dreaming every single night, and they're becoming very, very, very lucid. Mikey's going to love this. He's probably having an orgasm right now as I say the word dreams. But <laughs> but my dreams are becoming very, very lucid, and they're just they're very potent, and they're very, very interesting things happening in them. But I can concentrate on my thoughts better than I've ever been able to concentrate on them in my entire life. Okay. And so now this goes into answering your question. The way thoughts are coming to me, they they come into my mind and they're, they're there at the forefront and I'm able to deconstruct them and look at them from so many different vantage points. And it's sort of like this conversational engineer tag that I think I've put on myself before. Being able to look at things, break them down into their simplest forms, 
put them together, reshape them. Everything is so malleable there right in front of me. And it's so it's clear as day. There's no fog whatsoever. I, I see it so clearly. And that is that is a lot of my meditations, which is why I'm able to come in here and speak the way that I speak on a lot of these subjects that I am, because it's just a a beautiful downpour of of just just cascading ideas that come and assert themselves. Almost like perfect Tetris games. Perfect. If you just imagine the game of Tetris and the way that the blocks fall. Right. But just imagine the best Tetris player to ever play the game. <laughs> That's the way that the blocks are falling. Like things are just fitting correctly. Then, you know, sort of dissipating into thin air when I'm done with them and going away and then allowing more blocks to fall. And so I'm thinking about these things deeply, very, very deeply, as people may be able to tell as I go further and further into these things. And remember, there's somewhere I'm getting. And if people remember how this start, you'd probably be wondering, how is he getting back there? This is how deep the thoughts get. So I remember thinking how weird it was that I love to think so hard and so deeply about things so meticulously. And then I just thought about how beautiful it was that my family allowed me to be in a space and give me time and space to think about things. Give me the, give me my own space, my own little basement where I go down there, be by myself, do my thing in the time. They never really pressured me into doing certain things by certain ages. Okay. You have to be here at this age. Like you have to hit this milestone by this age. You need to be here. Like, no, they allowed me to sit and think and gather my thoughts. And so I had a lot of time and still have a lot of time to think about things and think about them well. And so this is when I thought about the troll, the Internet troll. I've been studying trolls for quite some time now. Yeah. Yes, okay. I've been talking to trolls, people that, that say that they are trolls. <laughs> I've been I've been talking to trolls. I've been trying to get their motivations, how they do it, why they do it, who they do it to. And it seems to me. That. The, so what you said, the inspiration or seeming inspiration would be. I just want to get a rise. Like, I just want to, I want to see it. I just want to see destruction. <laughs> but I think that that's a very superficial way of looking at it. Even if it comes from them. And the reason I say that is because they usually only do it to certain people or certain groups of people, which denotes a a hatred or a partisanship. It means that they're, that they are, they have a partiality to some other group, which is why they only troll a certain group of people. Okay. And they usually do it by, you know, throwing a bunch of just, I don't know, a bunch of bullshit out there. It could be a bunch of gifts that don't really mean anything. It could be maybe just a bunch of words that kind of mean something, but doesn't necessarily have enough of a substantial basis to take so seriously. 
even though people take it seriously as though it is substantial and they go and then they get caught in the trolls game, the trolls web, if you will. Okay. This is what I think. I think that a troll is really nothing more than that sort of that troll that was underneath the bridge. Nasty, gross, grotesque, misunderstood. Doesn't it was this troll was put there kind of by society. Sort of like the Joker in in, in the movie Joker. Okay. How they sort of shown him come to his rise and how he felt like he was he was dispossessed. And that's why Joker became the hero to the dispossessed in Gotham City. Gotcha. I feel like trolls are people that are hurting, that are that are they're sad, they're angry, they're confused people, and they don't have the communicational skills that maybe an interpersonal communication specialist or consultant could give them in order to truly and soundly express the things that are going on inside their mind and soul. That's what I think it is. I think that people want connection in life. People want love. People want affection. People want connection. It's just about how people go about getting it, going about receiving it, grasping it. That is That kind of has us a little wary of who these people are and what their intentions are and whether we should dispossess them. Right. And so through my research, I've just, when I talk to these people again, it seems as though they have so much going on in their minds as we all, as we all do, we have so much going on in our minds and our hearts that we want to be able to express. You kind of laughed at me and I get why, because it seems weird that one of my greatest fears is to not be able to express what's going on inside my mind. I just feel like it's so, it's so frustrating. I get goosebumps thinking about it. I get goosebumps. I, this actually happened in that panel that I was talking about earlier. So I'm not a claustrophobic person, but when I'm in conversation with people and I feel as though the conversation is is being looked at through too narrow of a scope in that the, the conversation needs to be expanded, I get my mind feels claustrophobic. OK, I, get, I, get my, I, I feel as though my mind is being cramped and I get very frustrated because the, the conversation, the scope of it is not as wide or as vast as it should be. And people are forcing me to have a very, just a very thin, um, tenuous conversation. Um, and, and it's, it's just very, it's, again, it's, it's fruitless. I don't, I don't, I just don't, I don't see the utility in it. So I, I have to try to expand the conversation as quickly as I can. So I can get out of that box. And so to not be able to feel like you can take the ideas in your mind and translate them into your first language. We're not even talking about translating into another language you're trying to learn. (laughs) We're talking about the language you grew up learning. 
And this is a lot of people's problem. And I realize this through conversation with people. People have a very hard time stating the things that are going on in their mind. You hear all the time, oh, I just, like, I know what I want to say. I just don't know how to say it. Like, I swear, like, it's like right there. Like, I, I get it. Like, I just, I just don't know how to put it into words. And so I'll usually take some of the, the ink blots that they've splattered about abstractly to me. And along with their tone and their body language and the way that their face is contorting up with grimaces and this and that. And I'll slowly put together in a succinct fashion what they're trying to say. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, exactly that. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That happens to me all the time. I do that for people all the time in, in conversation. But it's so hard for people to translate what's going on inside themselves. And with that, I could only imagine would just come and stir and just fester in this very maligned, nasty confusion. I just don't know how to express myself. It's so frustrating that I'm going to get online and just, I'm I'm just going to make people upset. I'm just going to say these quick, terse little things that just piss people off and I'm going to hide behind the guise of being a troll. Right. I'm going to hide behind the guise of not really giving a shit about the world or giving a shit about any of these conversations because it would be too daunting, too crushing, too crumbling of an idea for me to be vulnerable enough to say, I don't know enough about this to have something to say. Or I haven't been given the time and space or the or have the desire to think hard enough about this thing to really have something substantial to say. But I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it, but I don't know what to say because I haven't thought about it long enough. I haven't meditated on it. Thinking in my room wasn't one of my hobbies. I didn't like to think about things. I didn't do that. I wasn't taught by my parents to sit and think or look for information. So I didn't just sit around thinking, trying to deconstruct these puzzles, which are ideas and concepts. I didn't do that. So I don't really have much to say about this. And even if I did, I don't know how to go about saying it because I don't have the communicational tools that weren't given to me from my from my school system or weren't given to me by the people you know, that should have been given to me that, you know, hopefully they would have had it being my parents, the village that raised me, whomever they weren't given to me. So I don't know what to say and I don't know how to say it, even if I didn't know how. So I'm going to troll instead. I think that's really the heart, mind and soul inspiration, motivation of the troll. I truly think that's what it is. They want to be included, but they don't know how or, 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 or what it is to truly be included. So it's just so it's just a lashing out right. instead. Right. Sort of like ba- sort of like small children that don't know how to say things, so they just cry and, and throw fits instead. And I've told you before that human like adults are nothing that children that just kept breathing. <laughs> they just they just stuck around and kept living. It's the same thing. You just get older, you never got better at expressing yourself. So now and you never got better at thinking about things. So now you just lash out when when opportunity or when conversation comes up, because you don't know what else to do. It's, it's just a, a matter of frustration. And I, and so when I thought about that deeply, I was like, wow, I, I feel very, very, very sorry for trolls. 
I'm not really angry with them. I feel compassionate towards them. I'm very, very sad for them. That's a very sad place to be as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's yeah, that's so yeah, that's what I had to say about trolls. But that that was that was how I, I brought it around. But that was just something I've been, I've I've been thinking about since last Wednesday. I think it's <laughs> I think I think uh, misery loves company is a good fit for mm-hmm. this. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, it's absolutely insane. But the last note on on thinking about things. Is, you know, it's one of those things, just like everything else, where if you do it enough, you get better at it. Just everything else. Right. Yeah. And so I've been thinking for a long time. So I've been, you know, thinking about things in very interesting ways. And so when I was talking about me meditating and the way that information comes to me, it just it it just so beautifully arises into consciousness, stays there, allows me to do it. I can just let it go. You know, sometimes it'll float out. It'll come back in a, in a more succinct way. It'll come back in a more concrete way that I can do more with. And while I'm paying attention throughout the day, there will be small little tidbits I'll put in my back pocket or put, you know, take a little mental notes of. And then that'll be just a little bit more of the composition later on when I do meditate and think about things further, further through. But. In in thinking better about things, having a more just analysis of information. I mean, I I guess I should get into the way that I look at the mind. I should illustrate this. I think that along with the trolls and just a lot of people in general, that the mind is sort of like if you ever saw that that SpongeBob episode where he was a waiter and he forgot everything that he that he had in his mind except for how to be a good waiter. So he was like the best waiter ever. But then someone asked him his name. And then you saw all the little SpongeBobs in his mind running around yeah. Like tearing, like tearing up, you know, going into file cabinets. Like, where's his name? Somebody find his name. <laughs> and then he started, he started fucking like malfunctioning, and right. he got it like a a short circuit, and he was just like, bzz, bzz, and started like blowing up and shit right. like that, and his mind caught on fire. I I look at people's minds as like a huge mental storehouse with a bunch of file cabinets and things like that, where you go and things are just very well. I wouldn't say nicely filed, but I think that in a lot of people's minds. These fucking file cabinets and stuff like that are opened up and there's just files everywhere. There's a bunch of manila folders with tabs, color coded tabs all over the floor. They're fucking pieces of paper thrown about all on the floor everywhere. So when people go to their minds to try to get information, to have conversation and put information forth, they're like, OK, all right, got this piece of information over here from this file cabinet. All right, let's see. Where's the next piece of information? Oh, oh shit, it's not. It's it's not in the file cabinet. It's not. It's supposed to be in. Oh, maybe it's in this. Maybe it's in this Manila folder that's sitting on the floor over here. Let me go grab this one. Oh, that's not it. Maybe it's in this one. Okay, this is it. Ah, uh, but the but the piece piece of paper's not in there. Okay, it must be one of these pieces of paper on the ground. Okay, well let me go rummage through these pieces of paper and try to put this together. And so that's what it is. Their mind is in disarray. All these pieces of information, folders, color tabs. Pieces of paper, they're just everywhere. And so when they go to try to find these pieces of information, they know that the information is there somehow in some way, shape or form. 
They just have a hard time grasping it and then putting it together. Right. Which is what it seems like to me when people say, oh, like I, I know it, like it makes sense to me. I can feel like I can. I just don't know how to say it. That's what it seems like to me. So. But what I what I've understood is that especially through being sober and imploring what I should say is imploring these um, or inducing these different ways of of mindfulness into my life, such as yoga, which I'm doing for like three days a week, an hour, every session or meditation, which is 30 minutes while I wake up in the morning. I'll have a, a meditation writing session that I do, which is an environmental inventory in which I'll just sit and take 10 to 15 minutes and thoroughly describe everything that's going on around me in that very moment. Everything that I can see, how I feel, what's going on, what I can hear. And I just sit there and describe it and write it on words and just fill out a whole page of what the moment holds for me. And in that, you have to be extremely mindful or else clearly you're not you can't write anything down. So and, and it helps you to articulate what's going on in the world around you. And if you can start articulating any moment that you're in you'll slowly start to find yourself being in the moment more and more and being able to further articulate your thoughts and what's going on in any moment around you slowly through time. Um, So those meditations, you know, meditation after nap, meditation before sleep, exercise. I'm focused. I'm mindful of the form that I have because you don't want to hurt yourself when you're lifting weights, you're doing exercises. So, so you're getting a mental exercise and that that helps draw your the endorphins are flowing. So now you have your dopamine flowing and you feel you have all your feel good chemicals going through your mind, which helps you think even better. So I'm gearing a life towards just mindfulness and becoming a, just a better machine altogether. And just my heart just really, really goes out to the people that are that are lacking a lot of these things because in inducing all of these activities that I'm talking about, I am essentially employing secretaries and maids to go into my mental storehouse and start sweeping up the papers, putting them back in the manila folders that they belong to, putting them back in the file cabinets that they belong in, so that when I go into my mind for memories or ideas or facts, you know, conversational quips and things like that. I just go in there and I go to the fucking file cabinet and I open up the file cabinet and it's there. And that's why these conversations sort of flow the way they do, because it's just been an employing of secretaries and maids to go into my mental storehouse and get shit together, (laughs) clean, clean it up. And that's what's going on. So that's that's, you know, when I just see people in such disarray all the time and they're just all over the place, they have such a hard time expressing their thoughts or thinking about things. I I understand it. I, I can see that dirty ass sto- uh, storehouse is clear as day. I know exactly what's going on up there. I was like, it's junky up there. It's a bunch of clutter and shit is nasty up there. I know exactly what's going on. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of that. Last thing I will say on um on this mindfulness note, and it's just something just kind of fun, is I will express to you one of the dreams that I've had recently. Okay. And just how, whew, how aware I was, how lucid it was, how free and fun it was for me. I'm in this dream, 
and I'm back in, I'd say, I think high school. I'm back in high school. Is me and all of our friends. And we're at a lunch table. And we're making a bunch of jokes. But the way we're making jokes is it's like we're all aware that we're in the dream masquerading as high schoolers. <laughs> so we're all we're all making jokes and being like, holy shit, like they don't even fucking know that we're like that we're older. We're like 30 years old, but we're in high school bodies and we're in and we're li- reliving high school. Like they have no idea that we're in this dream doing this right now. Like, this is so crazy. Like looking around at all the other students and teachers walking around us. And we're just like, wow, this is so fucking weird. And we're just making jokes about it. Then I find myself in class. And, and Reginald, our good friend Reginald is in this class with me. And I get up to go. Well, first, before that, before that happens, I actually talked to one of the kids at the at the cafeteria that isn't one of us. So he's just one of the avatars. <laughs> right. And <laughs> yeah, he's just one of the bots. Right. <laughs> and, you know, he I think I say something to him like, man, I'm enjoying this so much, knowing that this is pretty much the end of school for me, because, you know, I only did like a little bit of college, right. you know. So I'm like, man, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this little like dream thing and just knowing that this is going to be the end of my schooling. And he's like, oh, you're not you're not about to go to a university after this. And then I look at him and I'm like, oh, yeah, like you're one of the bots. Like, you don't know that this is a dream. Like, you don't know that I don't go to a university <laughs> after this. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like, no, like I'm not I'm not going to a university after this. So I'm talking to this person as though they're just, again, some. I, I, some manifestation of my mind that doesn't know that I don't go to a university after school, although I do know that. So I'm working on, on a different, uh, you know, operating system. Right. I'm working on, on, on a completely different regime than this person is mentally. But I'm in class with Reginald. I get up to go to the bathroom. I just walk out the door. I go to the bathroom. And on the way back to the bathroom, I realize that there is a young girl that's going into the room because she was sitting across from me or, you know, next to me in the classroom. And so she must have left after I did. So the fact that she's getting back to the class before I am denotes that I've been out of class for too long. Okay. So I walk in the classroom. As soon as I walk in the classroom, the teacher starts going off. Just like, never fucking again, Earl. You're never going to the bathroom again. Damn. Like, you were out there for 15 minutes. Little Susie was able to get up and go to the bathroom, and she's been back before you. Never. And then starts going off on just me as a person. You fucking suck. I don't Damn. know why you can't just be better. You're going to be a piece of shit forever. Just God. starts going off on me. And... Me, again, playing into this because I know it's a dream and I'm having fun. I go crawl underneath my desk and get a desk and get in a fetal position and start shaking like, oh, like I'm so scared. And then I get a laugh out of the classroom because, you know, I'm clearly just trying to play into this, like play into this role of, oh, I'm so scared. You're yelling at me like I don't really give a fuck. But since you're doing since you're going to be extra, I'm going to be extra, too, and go get in a fetal position underneath the desk and start shaking. So I do that. And then she says something very singular. Very important. She says, you know, at some point in your life, you're going to have to you're going to have to finish something that you start, Earl. And I was like, oh, like, OK, now you, you trying to cut deep on me. Like, <laughs> like, that, like you really trying to say something about right. me. And now in Reginald to my left. Now I'm looking up. You can expect you can 
sort of understand my perspective. I'm underneath the desk looking up at someone seated. And he says, well, he's laughing along with the rest of the class after she says what she says. He's laughing. And I look up at him and I say, now, hold on now, motherfucker. You know better. You know who I am outside this dream world. Don't get me fucked up. Right. She can say whatever she wants to say because she's just a bot in our dream world. But you know better. You know who I am outside of here. You know I get shit done. And that's a very, very weird thing to say to someone in your dreams. (laughs) To tell them, you know who I am. Once once I wake up, you know who I am. (laughs) I get shit done. You, I don't know why you laughing at her dumb ass little dream person joke. Did she say anything back? After that, I woke oh, up. Okay. That's just one of the many dreams that I've had that have just been very, very connected, very, um, very interactive. Okay. I, I should say, very interactive. But yeah, man, it's yeah, mom. Everything about my mind has just been working very, very differently. I've been paying such close attention to things. It's been insane. Actually, this will be the last thing I'll say about it, because this is actually the most important thing. And even when I say it, you know, it's going to be scoffed at because it's not going to be understood as just how important it is. You know, those moments where you have to sort of snap yourself back in reality and be like, oh, oh, shit, like I'm doing something right now. Like I got to like I got to be here, whether you be, you know, it happens on the road for a lot of people, which is quite you know, alarming, you know, you people would just be driving and you'd be like, Oh shit. Like, I don't even remember the last fucking 10 minutes of this drive. Oh, like, I've yeah, just that's been, definitely happened to me plenty of times. Yeah. Like I've just been in fucking autopilot or you're, you're maybe in a conversation with someone and you're like, Oh shit. Like I haven't been listening. Like I have to fuck, like I have to focus on what they're saying right now. Like I, I got to catch back up cause I haven't been thinking. Um, those moments, is, that's a constant for a lot of people. People are constantly again, just being bombarded by a cascade of thoughts and don't know how to train themselves to just be in the now and allow themselves to allow thoughts to come. And this is the thing that meditation helps with. And we'll do a meditation on the next one and, and allow them to come and go, but observe the thoughts as they arise and, and fall. I, for now, since I've been sober and have been heavily, heavily, um, immersed submerged really into this world of mindfulness. I have not had one of those moments. Really? I have been and and I think that it's, I think that I have a, a certain, it's interesting because I understand that a lot of people that, you know, do mindfulness and have meditation and yoga don't necessarily have this, this idea happen. They don't, they don't have this, this fruition. So I think that I I'm just very susceptible to changes in consciousness, changes in states of mind. And I realized that, you know, in while doing psychedelic drugs, I would have talks to people about, you know, what their experiences was like and just realize that mine was just very different. The things I was asking myself and the things that I was experiencing were very different. Um, in the very first time I meditated, I, I knew that a change had happened. And I was like, wow, like, I don't, I don't know if it's supposed to happen this fast. Like this is my very first time meditating. I don't know if it's supposed to happen this fast. I've never heard of anyone talk about a change like this immediately after meditating. 
So I started to think that maybe I just had a, a mind that was sort of geared towards really being able to discern and distinguish small differences in states of consciousness that I had, whether I be drunk, I'm high on weed, shrooms, acid, I'm sleepy, I'm awake on caffeine, whatever it is, there's just all these these small different discriminations between each of them, and I can pinpoint them quite uh, quite discern, discernibly. And so now I've just realized, I was talking to someone the other day, I was like, you know, I've just kind of been here for two and a half months now. Like, I've just been in the moment. I've just, I'm just constantly paying attention to things. I'm never just out of it. I'm never just out of the zone. I'm never just zoning out. I'm, I'm constantly zoned in. I'm just constantly paying attention to everything that's going on around me. And, it's, and I think it's in that that has been feeding me all of this inspiration and motivation in giving me all of the data for these thoughts to take place in the capacity that they have been taking place for me to be able to deconstruct them the way that they have, that these just come up day after day after day after day. And it's just nonstop. And it's, but it's, but again, it's, it's not, it's not overwhelming the way that they present themselves because they present themselves very lightly and I'm allowed to do with them as I will. And then they go, but it's, it's just been very, very eye opening. It's been absolutely insane. It's been transcendent, I would say. So I, I think I can quite confidently say that I am in the best state of mind right now, this very moment that I've ever been in, in my entire life. I feel the best physically, emotionally, mentally that I've ever felt in my entire life in this very moment right now, right now, right now. It's only getting better and better. It's only becoming uh, more nuanced. I should say, I shouldn't say necessarily you say better. It's just more nuanced. I'm just understanding that I'm just paying more attention to the details of the intricacies of everything that is arising in consciousness at any given moment in time. Yes. There was a, there was a time at work like a week or so ago where someone used a tax exempt card to get their taxes taken off. So they didn't have to pay taxes on a, on a meal that they bought. And when they pay that, or when they use it, they give you their tax exempt card. People could do that on meals. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so you give them, you give them your card and you go back and you type their number and it's 10 digits long. And, and then you go give them the card back and it takes the tax off. So someone didn't know how to do it. It was the very first time. So I was like, Oh, I'll show you how to do it. So I went over and I looked at the number on the card and I, I typed it in and the tax went off. I was like, oh, there you go. And we went, we gave the card back to its owner. And then I want to say maybe 30, 45 minutes later, when it was time to close that check out, that, that person has now gone because they've, they've signed their check, like their little, you know, merchant copy and they've gone. And then, but when the person, the server came back to the micro station, the tax had been put back on it. Ooh. For some reason, the tax had been put back on the the bill. So that person already paid the amount they're supposed to pay without the tax. But now the tax was back on in the system. And they're like, well, if I close it out, 
the way that it is, it's going to take maybe like $15, $20 away from the tip that this person put on the the merchant copy of their slip because they're paying this amount without the tax. But now the tax is back on, which is going to take away some of the, the, the tip money from me. So they're like, well, how the fuck are we going to are we going to do this? Like the person's gone. They have their, their, their card with them. We don't have the number. I. And for a second, I didn't really realize just how cool or weird this was. Um, but, the, you know, the person definitely took me to the side and let me know just how fucking insane it was. But because we're talking about, you know, 45 minutes later. I went back over there and I, I, I typed in the 10 digit number that I had typed in 45 minutes ago. I went back in my mind and I found the 10 digits and I put the 10 digits in again. And I said, there you go. The tax is off now. Now you can get all of your tips. <laughs> Saved them. <laughs> and they were like, oh, they're like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. What did you just do? I said, I, I typed in the, the 10 digits off the card. And they're like, How, why do you know the 10 digits that were on the card? I said, I I remember looking at the card because most times when when human beings do stuff, you just you do things very passively. But this is just a testament to what it is I'm talking about. It's an exhibit of what the, the mindfulness, the level of mindfulness it is I'm talking about. I just I no longer am just looking at things or just taking things at at a at a gloss at just a very superficial glance. I just I looked at the numbers at a point in time. So to some degree I should be able to kind of go back and get them. I put these numbers in. I I typed the numbers in. So let me go back in my mind and type them again. And so that's exactly what I did. And uh, it was just it was just very, very insane. But there's just so many things about my mind that are working differently and so much more efficiently. There's an acuity that I didn't even know was attainable. And it excites me for the future. Like, I don't know just how good this can get. <laughs> and it excites me for what, what's in store for me in the future. It truly does. It kind of excites me, too. I feel like <laughs> no, I, I generally feel like, you know, the things that you have to say are um, they're definitely worth listening to. Um, and I feel like, some, you know, most pods, I learn something new. Um, you know, you say something I don't expect you to say. Um, you still, you know, I'm still taken aback sometimes at some things that you, you put forth. So, um, you know. Hey, that's what, hey man, that's what friends are for, man. <laughs> that's what friends are for. But that, but that is it. I have been ranting for two hours now. What do you got, man? Tell, what, are, what are your last words for the people, um, Keon? Let's wrap it up. I want to say that the world is an open book. And please do not forget to write your story. There's a lot of uh, Mm. there's a lot of things that are obtainable out here. There's a lot of things to see. There's a lot of things to do Um, and leave your mark. And whether that mark is for other people to see or for you to personally remember, um, leave your mark. Do your thing. Get out there. (laughs) Be somebody. Yes. Um. I'm going to leave off with the same last word that I had last time because it, it, it applies here and it's it's just as pertinent as it will forever be. Think. Think. That's it. Think.